minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Yeah. 
a Monday morning broadcast. Oh, I just want to test this out here. I want to see if this microphone is working the way it should. Tuned into the app. Let's see here. Hmm. I want to see if this microphone is working the way it should. Interesting. Yeah, I'm listening back to the app. I know it sounds strange, but I think I came up with an interesting idea here. Um, hmm. 
Interesting. All right. Um, we continue to experiment. When we go to different places, we continue to experiment with different uh, methods of broadcasting and different ways to get things done. And uh, we are on a journey, as many of you know. Today is Monday. Today is um, is um, a back-to-school, back-to-work edition of JM and the AM. Now, what El Al did was it moved its uh, flight for this afternoon to this morning. So at some point during the 8 o'clock hour, I'm going to sign off and hand things. I, I'm not, I shouldn't say sign off. I'm going to hand things off to Avrami. And Avrami is going to host our JM and AM radio broadcast hour number three from Israel while I get set to head to Israel. Those of you who saw it on social media and heard our announcement on Friday, today's actually a big day for us because uh, we feel a responsibility, frankly, as we have so many times in the past, to go and be with our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land. And uh, even though we should do so permanently, in this case, at least we're doing it for a couple of days. And uh, those of you out there who are um, sensitive to this, uh, to this concept, those of you who uh, are among those who understand why it's so vital and so urgent to do so, it's obvious that you have a great appreciation for what we're doing here at JM and the AM. Because tomorrow... And Wednesday, uh, our plan is to broadcast live from Yerushalayim. We will meet a lot of people doing a lot of very important things. And we'll also report to you on some of the things that we've been able to do over the couple of days. And um, I have a feeling, as I said on Friday, that this is going to turn into a trip where we certainly are offering comfort, love and affection for our brothers and sisters in Israel. But I think it's also a trip where we're going to learn how much pain and trauma, shock, and uh, and fear to an extent our brothers and sisters are surrounded by now uh, in the aftermath of this war. I mean, the war is certainly not over, but meaning the aftermath of the massacre back on Shemini Atzeris. So as Israel prepares to um, begin its ground war, as Israel decides how it's going to handle the enemy on multiple sides, uh, we will be there hopefully to bring a measure of comfort. And I, I mean, already anybody who's heard that we're coming, it's made an impression. And they, uh, I mean, some people are in absolute shock and others, you know, get it and are very appreciative so that's the story. So again, because of, I mean, not a complaint for El Al, they did it for security and for flight reasons. They are trying to fit in as many flights as possible since no other airlines are flying directly to Israel right now. So they move the afternoon flight to the morning. So I'm going to head out uh, during the third hour this morning here at JM. The AM speak to you, please God, from Jerusalem tomorrow at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Speak to you again from Jerusalem on Wednesday, 6 a.m. Eastern time. And then Thursday, hopefully be back in time to do the bulk of uh, the Thursday jam and the AM here. That's the plan. We'll see exactly what happens, et cetera, et cetera. We have a, a very impressive list of guests who are going to be joining us in Israel, uh, many of whom you've heard before, but are very important voices at this time. Um, coming up in the 7 o'clock hour this morning here at JM and the AM, Dr. Alan Kadish. He is president of Turo University. Uh, it is frightening there are other descriptions, other adjectives as well. 
Uh, but it is frightening to see what's happening on college campuses around the United States. He's going to help us uh, try to understand it and, um, and certainly explain to us how different things are on his campus coming up here at, um, at JM and the AM. So we'll do that in hour number two. Very important topic, one that I know has been dominating a lot of conversation, especially over this past weekend. I'm really happy we're having him on this morning, that we scheduled to have him on this morning. Because I came across a lot of people discussing this topic over the weekend. A lot of people. So we will um, feature him coming up in the uh, 7 o'clock hour and talk about this very difficult topic to discuss, in my opinion. It's a very difficult topic. To see the American college campuses turn into what they've turned into is very sad and frightening. Sad and frightening. Uh, you heard Kishoshana from uh, Eitan Katz and his father of Shalom, Shalshelas with Hine Kel. Shema was done by Moshe Lichtenstein, Masecha Hashem, our Monday morning theme song from Mayor Sherman. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. And we say thanks for tuning in. And we say welcome to JM and the AM. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. More coming up. It's JM and the AM.
חסון, כל המשמח חסון כלול, כאילו בונו אחז מחורבויס, איי 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 Oh, my God. 
Since I was a child, I followed in your ways. Now that I am older, it is harder, I must say. I have my own free will, still I choose you. Being a servant's not a burden when you're working for the king. Who loves you like a son and daughter, only wants to bring you closer. Bring me close. Oh, and I feel so far from where you Thank you. 
J.M. in the A.M. with Cave done by Shalshelis Jr. here on a uh, Monday morning broadcast, J.M. in the A.M. Uh, before that, Aryeh Kunstler and Itzik Dadya together with, um, oh, there you go, with, um, just one second, we have Odat Halev, Am Yisrael Chai, of course, Shlomo Kalbach, been playing that one a lot. Shema Koleinu, we've been playing these a lot also. Mimama Kim and Lamana Chai. Songs with tremendous meaning, especially as we continue to say the words Mimama Kim very often as we uh, say Tehillim. And I must say, wherever I've been over the last few days, Tehillim follows each tefillah. It is really beautiful. And Achenu follows each Tehillim. I hope it's happening in your shul. Many shuls saying, of course, the Mishaberach for Tzahal and other Mishaberachs as well. There is a, a a unity and a care and concern that is uh, in the air, and uh, we are heading in the air to Israel right after Jam and the AM this morning. Avrami's going to actually wrap up this show, and uh, we are heading to Israel. And um, Tuesday and Wednesday, tomorrow and Wednesday, we will be live in Yerushalayim. Tomorrow in our uh, temporary studio at Nefesh Benefesh in Yerushalayim. Um, hope to have a lot of uh, special guests, a lot of people you're familiar with already, frankly, and uh, some who you are not. And we, um, we are hoping to bring to this audience in the diaspora, especially 
what our brothers and sisters in Israel are going through. Plus, of course, bring some love, care, and concern to our brothers and sisters there in Israel. Another one of our uh, very important messages is we keep in mind those whose uh, families are suffering. We keep in mind the hostages that are still being held. We keep in mind the soldiers who are likely very soon going to start an even more dangerous expedition. We're talking about a very, very difficult period of time, and we'll be in Israel tomorrow and Wednesday, and we'll speak about it on the spot. Dr. Alan Kadish, who leads Turo University, is joining us in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll discuss what's happening on college campuses in the United States. And it is frightening. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast is next to JMDM. Galei Tzal, Mirushalayim, Asha'a Shtarim, Shalom Rav, Ba'ulpan Rani Avnai, Ima Shekore Achshav. כיפת ברזל הרתה בצהריים מטרה חשודה שחצתה משטח לבנון ופעלה התראה בשטח פתוח באזור הצפון בעקבות הירות הזה. כתבנו הדר גיציס מציין כי בשלב הזה אין הנחיות מיוחדות לתושבי האזור. במקביל לפני שעה קלה שוגר מטח רקטות לעבר באר שבע, לא דווח על נפגעים או נזק. טורקיה ביקשה מראש הלשכה המדינית של חמאס, ישמעאל עניהו, מבכירים נוספים בארגון הטרור לעזוב את שטחה לאחר מתקפת הטרור הרצחנית ביישובי העוטף. כך דיווח היום אתר על מוניטור. על פי הדיווח, הבקשה הגיעה בעקבות תמונות שבה נראו ענייה ובכירי חמאס מבצעים תפילת הודיה בזמן שצפו בטבח בערוץ אל-ג'זירה. שיירת ציון נוספת נכנסה היום לרצועת עזה דרך מעבר רפיח, כך דווח בסוכנות הידיעות רויטרס. זה היום השלישי ברציפות שבה שיירות סיוע נכנסות לרצועה. השר יואב קיש מהליכוד אמר אצל אמיר איבגי ואמיר בר שלום בגלי צה"ל זה חלק מהסיכום עם ארצות הברית, הגיבוי הבינלאומי חשוב לנו. מישראל לא נכנס שום דבר ואכן נכנס ממצרים תחת פיקוח ישראלי. נושא הגיבוי המדיני הבינלאומי הוא כלי סופר חשוב. הקמפיין הגדול והמאוד משמעותי של הצגת הגיבוי המדיני הבינלאומי בהובלת בעצם הנשיא ביידן זה מחיר מסוים שאנחנו משלמים בנושא הזה. עיתון הניו יורק טיימס פרסם התנצלות אחרי שהאשים את ישראל בתקיפת בית החולים ברצועת עזה, מדווח כתב חדשות החוץ ברק בץ'. אחרי הפיצוץ שאירע בבית החולים בשכונת זייתון ברצועת עזה, בעיתון הניו יורק טיימס האשימו את ישראל בפיצוץ ובהרג מאות חולים לדבריהם. לפני זמן קצר פרסם העיתון הברה בה נכתב כי הסיקור הסתמך יותר מדי על טענות החמאס ולא הסביר שמדובר בטענות שלא ניתן לאמת. ההברה מגיעה כמעט שבוע לאחר המקרה ולאחר שגם הנשיא ביידן התייחס לאירוע ואמר כי לא ישראל אשמה באירוע וכי מדובר בפיצוץ שנגרם על ידי ארגוני הטרור ברצועה. שר התיירות חיים כץ ביקר מוקדם יותר היום בקריית שמונה נוכח הקשיים בפינוי התושבים לבתי המלון. בתום פגישה עם ראש העיר אביחי שטרן הצהיר השר כץ נעשה כמיטב יכולתנו לפנות את כל התושבים. אנחנו הגענו היום בשביל לנסות ולגמור ולמצות את פינוי התושבים. נשתדל לעשות כמיטב יכולתנו שלא יישאר אף תרשב אחד בקריית שמונה שרוצה לעזוב ולא נמצא לו כתבתנו עינב קרנר, שהביאה מדבריו של כץ, מוסיפה שעד כה פונו כ-5,000 תושבים ברחבי הארץ. ועדת הפנים של הכנסת אישרה בצהריים לקריאה שנייה ושלישית את החוק לדחיית הבחירות לרשויות המקומיות בשלושה חודשים, עם סעיף שיאפשר לדחות בחודש נוסף בהליך מזורז. כתבנו לענייני פנים, שי ישראל מציין שמועד הבחירות שנקבע הוא 30 בינואר 24 או 27 בפברואר, אם תהיה דחייה נוספת. מזג האוויר חם מרגיל העונה. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
מקווה שאת עוד שומרת, רגעים שמחים למזכרת. פעם אנשים עוד כתבו לך כאן שירים על מחברת, זוכרת. היפהפייה הנרדמת, עד מתי תהיי מדממת? ברחובות כולם אין חלון ואין סולם, אין גם דלת.
JM in the AM. Wow. I have been hit with something. I have been hit with some type of coughing attack. Wow. Whew, that's something you don't want to have happen to you in this arena. All right, Monday morning broadcast, JM in the AM, Avremo with Habein Yaker Lee, Hakshiva done by Shalshelis. Benny Friedman and Shomrim Hafkade off of the Am Yisrael Chai album. And Moledet, that's Hanan Ben-Ari. Now, Hanan Ben-Ari has that brand new song, Moledet. We opened up the hour with it. The lyrics are quite meaningful. Coming up at 9 a.m. Eastern time, it'll be May Irmi Lim. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow, I don't know what's happening with me. It'll be May Irmi Lim with Rai Benji Kramer, and he will analyze... Uh, the lyrics to the words, or the lyrics to the song Moledet by Hanan Ben-Ari. It is a song that was uh, released just after the beginning of the war, but has some roots, as Rabbi Kramer will discuss, has some roots from even before the war. So he'll have that at 9 a.m. Eastern time right here at JM and AM. By the way, kudos, it's not just us who are heading to Israel today. Uh, there are rabbinic leaders, community leaders, and members of the community from different parts of this country, and I'm sure other countries as well, that are heading to Israel on solidarity missions, large ones and uh, private ones, smaller ones. So, kolakavod to everybody. We are heading to Israel right after JM and the AM this morning, broadcasting live from Yerushalayim tomorrow and Wednesday. I hope you'll join us. We do have a uh, quite a lineup of some interesting guests and, of course, the message that we're going to be uh, transmitting to our brothers and sisters in Israel is one of uh, compassion and love and concern. I think the message that we are going to experience there is just how traumatic and fearful and difficult the last couple of weeks have been for our brothers and sisters ever since the massacre of Shemini Atzeris. So we will, uh, we will have a... Um, an interesting lineup. It'll certainly include some of the people who are doing things that you may want to support. And there's certainly a lot of discussion about what's happening in Israel. And, and, and many, many positive things as well. We know that there are some amazing and wonderful initiatives that have been undertaken, many of which are based in Israel, uh, that are including basically everybody in the entire world. So we'll discuss those as well right here at JM in the AM. Tuesday and Wednesday from Jerusalem. Make sure to be tuned in. We head there later today. Tonight is the event, by the way, for Grilling for IDF. Go to grillingforidf.com, grillingforidf.com. It's happening at the Old Westbury Hebrew Congregation. Kudos to Simon and Chef Barret and everybody at Ram Caterers for putting together the event tonight. It's, a, it's strictly a fundraiser. Every penny that comes in is going to Grilling for the IDF. And as you know, they have been in existence for quite a while, but they have never worked harder than now in numbers that are insane in terms of uh, feeding our soldiers. So we are uh, highly recommending, to say the least, we are highly recommending that those who are uh, able to be there tonight, Old Westbury Hebrew Congregation, enjoy the event, give the money, and, uh, you know, and be there for our brothers. Be there for our brothers and sisters in the, in the Israeli army. 
grillingfrydf.com for information. And there's a lot of things going on which we have to talk about for sure. Dr. Alan Kadish is scheduled to join us. He is president of Turo University. Who better than he to discuss what's happening on the college campuses in this country? That's frightening, huh? He'll join us in the next few minutes here at JM in the AM. So Eighth Day has a brand new song. In fact, uh, it was accompanied by a by a um, a nice explanation of what this is all about. Eighth Day is back, this time with a brand new single entitled 459. Do you feel like redemption is just a minute away, like the final chapter is coming to a crescendo? This song captures this feeling as we edge ever closer to the finish line when we'll live in a world that has no more pain, war, or suffering. Clap along, sing along, dance along as we get ready for that final moment when everything will change. That's what Eighth Day has to say. Again, the song is called 459. It is brand new. Pleasure for us to play it for you right here at JM in the AM. Feels like I'm pulling back the arrow About to snap the bow Standing at the race line Waiting for go Like thunder and lightning Right before it rains In a single moment Everything can change Feels like it's 4.59 on a Thursday And redemption's a minute A minute away When I get back on your face the whole wide world's becoming your holy place wherever i look i only see your name in a single moment everything will change
Jam in the AM with uh, Eitan Katz and Cold OD is the name of that one. 
That was a live chuppah presentation of that selection. Before that, you heard uh, Eighth Day, brand new, with a song entitled 459. Literally brand new. We played it for the first time this morning here at JM in the AM. Heading to Israel for a couple of broadcasts. We are expected to be in Jerusalem, in Yerushalayim, for tomorrow's JM in the AM and for Wednesday's JM in the AM. And my thanks to uh, Ralph Rosenbaum. To B. Rosenbaum and the entire Rosenbaum family, they have uh, undertaken chairmanship of this Jewish Unity Initiative. Ralph's going to be with us in Israel, traveling along. As I told Ralph, when people ask him, uh, why are you going? His response should be, why am I going? That's not the question. The question is, why aren't you going? We'll have to ask ourselves that question. Uh, Anyway, uh, Ralph's going to be chairing our events and our radio broadcasts uh, Tuesday and Wednesday from Jerusalem, and I thank him. And um, we are uh, going to um, do our best to um, evaluate and transmit the mood of the country, the feelings of our brothers and sisters, and certainly... um, in the other direction, bring along love, compassion, concern for our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land. It is a difficult, very difficult period of time. It's becoming more and more evident as the days go by. We continue to pray for our brothers and sisters who are being held by the enemy over two weeks now, many of whom are young children and babies. The horror that they're going through is something we can't even comprehend. Um, I am so thankful to so many synagogues around the world and i've seen this now in many different communities i've been in over the last couple of weeks uh lots of tehillim after each tefillah achenu being recited after the tehillim uh a lot of people keeping in the forefront of their minds those who are have been abducted and are being held by the enemy many people keeping at the forefront of their minds the families that have been shattered and are going through such a difficult time now in israel and of course uh we pray for the wounded Uh, in the thousands who are recovering from their injuries um, and their wounds. Um, Meanwhile, the Israeli army, the IDF, awaits the word to begin its excursion into into enemy territory. And we pray that the one above watches over each and every one of them with with tremendous supervision. JM and the AM, it is a... um, Monday morning broadcast heading to Israel after this broadcast for Tuesday and Wednesday from Jerusalem. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, and here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk. Good morning. We have a pasuk in Hosea, Shuva Yisrael, return O Israel, Ad Hashem to Hashem. The Mepharshim say that even if a person did an Avera, a sin, that was so bad that it was Ad Hashem the gates of tshuva, of repentance, are still open for him or her. What does it mean in the second part of the Pasuk when it says, Ki because you have stumbled in sin. The Talmud of Meseches Yuma says, Ha'omer if a person says, I will sin and then do tshuva, I will sin and then do tshuva. The individual may not have the ability or the opportunity to do tshuva. The Talmud tells us, 
Elohim Kane Nichnas Bo Ruach Stus, that a person doesn't sin unless a spirit of folly enters into him. The Slunimer explains that when a person does an Avera, he thinks, okay, right now I'm going to do what my heart wants. After that, I'll do tshuva, I'll repent. That is the Iker Milchemes HaYetzer, the main war of the Yetzirah, is to get the person just this time to fulfill whatever his desires are. After that, he'll do tshuva. It teaches us that it's exactly the other way around. A person has to be miskaber. A person has to try and to be strong right now, even in the middle of the machinations of the Sahara, not to listen. And in the future, we will see what will happen. The next puzzle continues. Take these words with you. When a person promises to Hashem, after they have sinned, that they won't do it another time, then the individual is mispalel, to be saved from sin and from the Yetzirah. That is a schus for the individual, and they are completely forgiven. Let us all, at this critical time in the history of Klau Yisrael, in this critical time in our lives, accept upon ourselves to do tshuva, to repent. When we come to that moment of the Mochemus HaYetzer, of the fight, the struggle with the Yetzirah, let us remember the words of Hosea, to accept upon ourselves right now, I will not continue. Right now, I will not give in. Right now, I will be miskaber. In that tzuchus, may we hear besuros tavos, yeshuos, v'nechamos, may all of the hostages come home unharmed, healthy and well, and may every soldier come back bishlemus to their own homes, safe and secure. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Bisuros Tavos, Yeshuas Vinachamas. JM in the AM on a Monday morning broadcast. Reminder right after this show, we head to Israel Tuesday and Wednesday. Tomorrow and Wednesday, broadcasting live from Yushalayim, please God, with the goal in mind of bringing some love, compassion, and comfort to our brothers and sisters in Israel. And at the same time, uh, discovering face to face on the spot. The pain, the trauma, the difficulties that our brothers and sisters are going through, living with the memories of the massacre of Shmini Atzeris, and at the same time living in the aftermath, the hostages, the wounded, the families that are shattered. It is a uh, very difficult situation, I'm sure, in Israel, and we will discover all of that coming up uh, tomorrow and Wednesday live from Jerusalem. Well, one of the uh, most frightening things, in my opinion, about what's happening on this side of the world, and and certainly around the entire world, but here in the United States, uh, has been some of the activities on college campuses in the USA in the aftermath of the start of this war. And uh, it's it's frightening. It's it's almost unbelievable, frankly, uh, for some of us to watch and to see uh, what the students are chanting and uh, what um, cause they are supporting. Why is this happening? And uh, why are uh, places like Torah University an exception as opposed to the rule? Dr. Alan Kadish, who is the president of Torah University, is with us live via telephone. We get an opportunity to discuss this with him this morning here at JM 
in the AM. A pleasure to welcome you back, Dr. Kadish, to JM in the AM. It's good to be here, although, of course, I wish it were under different circumstances. No question about that. Appreciate that very much. I hope it's productive, and I certainly hope it's to the benefit greatly of our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land. Now, I know that we'd have to probably sit for a while and discuss the last 30, 40, 50 years of higher education uh, and where it's been uh, housed uh, on the campuses where it has been housed in this country. So I know there's no simple answer, but desperately we ask someone like you, how did we get to this place where so many of the prominent college campuses at the moment are in fact featuring the type of rhetoric, support, and chance that we are hearing from the students. So I'd like to begin by saying that I by no means am trying to minimize how absolutely horrible it's been, how frightening, how morally indefensible, and how much revulsion I feel to what's going on. But it's fair to say to start with, we're not talking even on the most on the campuses with the most egregious demonstrations. We're not talking about all or the majority of students. We're talking about a highly vocal, tough set of students, sometimes a small number, sometimes a much larger number. So I don't want anyone to have the impression that this is everybody on college campuses who's anti-Israel and anti-Semitic. That's not the case. Even apart from the Jewish students, there are many students who are supportive of Israel supportive of the righteousness of trying to be sure that massacres like the ones perpetrated by Hamas never happen again. So it's not everybody. But having said that, uh, it's obviously, I agree with you completely, been terrible. So I think to try to understand how we got here, we have to look at a few factors. The first is anti-Semitism has been around for 2,000 years and continues to be around. And because we had some decades where it was relatively quiet, at least in the United States, we lulled ourselves into thinking that it was gone or going away. And one thing that the most recent demonstrations have clearly shown is anti-Semitism has never actually gone away. (laughs) So that's, I think, unfortunately, one thing that that we've learned. A second uh, factor that's been responsible for these demonstrations is the growing feeling among some academics, professors, and students that the moral righteousness of of a cause is defined by how successful you are. That is automatically those people or countries or institutions that are successful have moral failings and those people who are less powerful, are morally righteous. That's true that the less powerful might need our help, and the Torah makes that clear in many cases. But it also makes it clear that judgment ought to be independent of wealth, and it ought to be based on righteousness and moral principles. And that entire ethos, that powerlessness equals righteousness, uh, is I think what's driven a lot of the sympathy for the Palestinian cause and the intellectually dishonest movement of intersectionality, where 
anyone who's disadvantaged has the same degree of moral currency. And those movements have been increasing on college campuses for some time. And because Israel has been successful, it's been an economic miracle. Uh, although obviously it's had some failings, it's mostly been militarily powerful. Uh, when we have a conflict such as what's going on between Arabs and Israelis or non-citizen Arabs and Israelis, um, it's automatically assumed that those who have been less successful are morally righteous. Right. Well, and yeah. that's been part of a general movement that's been going on. Well, and this, this is just one example of it. it oh, it's I, intellectually I... dishonest. Uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, I hear that. And what you're describing, as you said, and it's, and it's such a clear way of thinking uh, based on, uh, you know, as we observe what's been happening over all these decades on college campus, it's really, uh, it paints the correct picture. What's disturbing or even more disturbing than the fact that it's happening, and this you could appreciate from the position you sit in, after all, you're the president of a university, is the tolerance, the patience that university presidents, faculty, department heads, faculty in general have, uh, you know, and, and, and the sympathy they have toward this cause. In other words, I'm sitting here thinking, all right, you're describing something that's, you know, understandable that this happens in the world of academia. And this is the way, you know, we, and this is the way where the cause has drifted, so to speak. But why is there so much tolerance from the leaders on campuses to allow this to go on or at the minimum to challenge what's going on? So I think I want to uh, clarify a couple of the things that you just said in your question. So first of all, it, on the part of faculty in many cases, um, it, it's, not, it's far more than tolerance. In many cases, faculty, particularly in Middle Eastern departments, have been driving these ideas. Right. In many cases, faculty in other departments have been fully supportive of these ideas. Um, People who choose to become faculty members at universities first are self-selected in a couple of ways. One is, in order to get a faculty appointment, you need the approval in many cases of the existing faculty. So it's sort of a self-perpetuating group of people. And it turns out statistically, political leanings, and particularly the kinds that I discussed, tend to be overrepresented in faculty members as opposed to the average people in the United States. Mm -hmm. So among faculty members, it's not, it's more than tolerance. There are groups of faculty members who have Leading demonstrated full-throated support right. for, for Hamas. Among university administrators, it's far more complicated. There's a huge debate that's been going on among university administrators and presidents about whether universities themselves should weigh in on issues or allow the campus simply to have discussions. And this debate has been going on for a few decades, and the two sides of the debate are one that university leaders have a responsibility to educate, both intellectually and morally, and university leaders should be taking a position and should be telling students and faculty what they believe is right, not suppressing free speech, free speech, but telling people what they think is right. The alternative viewpoint is that university leaders should simply make sure that free speech is allowed and that it doesn't cross the line into hate speech. 
The problem with the idea that university administrators ought to be observers rather than moral or intellectual leaders is that that principle has been unequally applied. What I mean by that is after the George Floyd murders, after other events, college presidents have uniformly weighed in to provide moral judgments and clarity. But in this particular case, some, not all, some have been slow. There are movements underway to try to uh, put together groups of university leaders who will have some moral clarity, particularly about the murderous assaults of Hamas. Um, And I would say, actually, the majority of university leaders understand what's at stake here and are appalled by what Hamas did. Right. Not all of them are willing to publicly say that right. because of the way they view their responsibility. Well, that's an important... So, yeah. Uh, that's an important okay, that's an important point that I think because you you keep getting back to the you know is it only the high profile places or a lot of them cer- certain of these college campuses are making a lot of noise and it, and therefore it seems to be a lot bigger of a problem than it actually is and I'm not minimizing the problem believe you me I know you're not either but I'm wondering you have a lot of colleagues around this country do you suspect that the majority of them are able to stem the tide and and control the campuses, especially if, in fact, what you're saying is correct, that the majority of them understand how abhorrent it would be to be a supporter publicly of Hamas? So I don't think anyone can control a campus these days. Remember, the average tenure of a college president in the United States is about five years. Even the smaller Uh, campuses don't have an advantage for the president. I mean, no matter what the size is, it's, it's hard to control. You can't control a campus. That, that's uh, an overstatement mm-hmm. of what anyone can do. What you can do is try to stake out a moral position, an intellectual position, and explain why you believe what you believe and try to guide the discussion as opposed to saying, oh, something bad happened, let's discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, but in no cases do I believe that college presidents can control a campus or even as they necessarily should. But what I do believe is, particularly in this case, and I I have written about this, that this was a case where college presidents should have said that the day after a mass murder, which evoked an intergenerational trauma to the Jewish people, that demonstrating on campus supporting Hamas, even fully full-throated acceptance of the violence, is morally wrong, culturally incentive, and while it may be legal, you just shouldn't do it. Mm. And very, very few have been willing to say that. Uh, and I'm not sure that that would have changed anything. Right. But at least it would have provided a clear moral lesson. Yeah, it would have made me feel better, and it would have at least given us the impression that some of the leaders on campuses have some common sense. Dr. Alan Kadish is with us, president of Tura University. Now, of course, the million-dollar question, which some people in this audience will say it's unfair that I'm asking you, (laughs) that maybe I should ask someone who might be in a different, more objective position, but I have a feeling you could answer this question objectively, frankly, and the question is, how does one send their Jewish child to major college campuses today in this country? A lot of people are asking the question, what does Dr. Alan Cage say? 
So I would answer in the following way. First, I think everybody should send their children to Turo. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm being only a little flippant. Um, but w- what I would really say is the following. Look, first, I think we na- need to wait a couple of weeks to see how this, or a couple of months, to see how this all sorts out. Right now, I do believe, indeed, the atmosphere on many college campuses is inhospitable for Jewish students, and certainly for observant Jewish students, and certainly for supporters of Israel. I don't think that's a bold statement. Um, I also, uh, you know, would would, uh, sort of recapitulate uh, the old maxim from our rabbis of Hanuch Lenar al-Pidarko, that you have to teach each student in a way that's appropriate for them. Right. So are there some students who are strong enough where some of the advantages of great universities can overcome the influence that's around them and they'll be able to stand up to it and, and speak out for Israel and not be affected by what's going on? I'm sure there are. Uh, but I think for a lot of students, I think, honestly, not just parents, but we as a community need to rethink how this is happening, and make sure that there are options available for Jewish and Orthodox students all across the spectrum to get an education in a safe and comfortable environment. And exactly how bad is it going to turn out to be on campuses? I think we're going to see that over the next few months. As I mentioned, that there are some initiatives to get college presidents to try to speak out. Uh, There have certainly been some counter-demonstrations. There have been business leaders who stepped up. Um, And in some cases, those business leaders have been able to overcome some of the reluctance of college presidents to speak out. Uh, And and it's not that I think the college presidents are, are, you know, suddenly changing their tune, but I think that they've uh, been prodded to express what they were reluctant to otherwise. So I think it's premature to make some permanent judgments, but I, do agree with you that as things sort out over the next couple of months and we see what the atmosphere on college campus is, is uh, it, it may well be that we do need to rethink some of the choices we make about where to send students to school. Uh, and as um, one, as a leader of one of a small handful of Jewish universities, we have to make sure that we have options for students who think they'd be better served by our institution. Uh, for students across the spectrum to make sure they have a place where they can get a great education and feel comfortable. And we have those already, and we'll continue to work to make those more available. Look, I mean, uh, there's no question that we have to be thankful for a university like yours. It is a safe and comfortable place for young people in our community, no doubt about that. In fact, I mean, to the point where obviously some of your schools are literally a yeshiva environment, and I say that in the most positive way possible, both for men and women. Uh, where they could be in that type of environment, which is wonderful. But it's also, I, I, I'd like to ask, with all due respect, I mean, uh, you do in some of your schools, you have a very mixed student body with uh, you know ethnic groups represented from a, a lot of different parts of the world. Has everything been relatively quiet? Has there been any dissension or any? Uh, has it been difficult for any of the Jewish Jewish students in some of those schools to get along with their colleagues because of the political environment right now? Or thank God everything's been very calm. Well. First of all, as a first pass answer to your question, overall, everything's been extraordinarily calm, certainly compared to other college campuses. Right. 
Tutorize 19,000 students. Right. Are there some students who are saying things that uh, we prefer them not to say? There are certainly some. Not very many. Uh, we do have uh, sort of strict social media policy, which controls what you can say on any point of view on our own social media, the ones that are specifically related to students. Right. But there are some students out of 19,000 who said some things on their own private social media that, that have been upsetting. Uh, and we're working with all of our students to try to make sure there's mutual understanding, mutual respect, and a comfortable environment. Uh, so has it had absolutely no impact on our schools with a diverse student population? No. What's going on in the Middle East has impacted, I think, everybody. Um, have we been lucky that students, by and large, have been understanding and worked together? Overall, yes. And when there have been some bumps, we've tried to smooth them over in an appropriate way. And, of course, at the undergraduate level, as I pointed out, I mean, they're, you know, you're, you're um, overseeing, uh, at the minimum, a couple of institutions that are literally, you know, yeshiva-type environments. And uh, uh, it, it, parents have to look very carefully at all the choices that are out there uh, when they start to think about where their children should be going. Uh, because it's those types of environments that, uh, for many, like you said earlier, there's some, you know, everybody to their, you know, w with the education and then the approach that they need. But for many, it's really the best place and to be surrounded by an environment like that. So thank God it exists. Um, and uh, I, I mean, it, it sounds like, based on what you're saying, that with all the rhetoric and all the heat that is being felt now with these issues on major campuses around this country, you, it sounds like you have the feeling that this, like many other movements, is going to calm down relatively soon. Would that be safe to assume? I think uh, that's perhaps a little overly optimistic. Oh, wow. I think, first of all, first of all the, 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 the fact that students in the future are going to have to get together in class and in an environment where in some cases hundreds of students immediately after the mass murder of Jews have been screaming things that are hurtful and objectionable. I don't think that goes away. Um, how bad it's going to be a few months from now as these various places and things sort of sort themselves out, that remains to be seen. But it's never going back to the way it was. It's not calming down. It's just a question of how uncomfortable the environment is in the long term. Never going and back to the way it was. Yet. Never going back to the way it was. That might never, be, it, yeah. Yeah, it's never going back to the way it was. I don't see how a student, I mean, we never, obviously, uh, uh, um, you know, in 10 years, who knows. Right. But I don't see how you walk on a campus. Uh, uh, you know, I went to Columbia uh, for college after Yeshiva High School. Uh went to Yeshiva at night, but I, I don't see how I would personally, having seen what went on in the demonstrations of Columbia, uh, could ever walk onto campus without that being on my mind. What? It's going to be a long time before that completely goes away. What a vital message to parents and students out there. What a message that is. By the way, in your new location in Midtown, you're like right where all the, uh, where, where many of the demonstrations are taking place, correct? We are. Uh, so far, thank God, the demonstrations that have happened in Times Square have been relatively quiet. There have been mostly pro-Israel demonstrations. There have been some others. 
there's been some agitation on the streets of New York and other places, but so far Times Square has, has been relatively quiet. Um, you know, the first day of rage, there were some people who thought we should close campus. Uh, who knows what would happen? And we worked with the New York Police Department, and there were no incidents at all. And in the demonstrations that happened, have happened since then, uh, by and large, things have been very, very quiet. And so uh, we have, thank God, been very lucky and, and very lucky compared to what many others are going through. Wow. And we'll give a special shout-out to NYPD for what you just described. Uh, Dr. Kadish, a real pleasure. Um, it's uh, interesting times, to say the least. Our best regards to everybody at Turo University, and we are very thankful to you. We're thankful to you and your administration, your faculty and staff, uh, as you are leading campuses where our children can feel comfortable and safe. And what's more important than that? Kala Kavodin, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Dr. Alan Kadish is, of course, the president of Ventura University with us on a Monday morning broadcast here at JMNAM. As all of us look with some horror and fright at what's happening on college campuses around this country during this very, very sensitive time. Coming up tomorrow, we're live from Jerusalem. Wednesday, live from Jerusalem. After JMNAM, we uh, head to the airport and um, get set for our two broadcasts this week from Yerushalayim. Uh, join us. Join us and make sure to tune in. Coming up at 9 o'clock, one hour from now, the song Moledet, Hanan Ben-Ari. Right? Benji Kramer is going to be explaining those lyrics of that brand-new selection and why it's so important now these days. Moledet on Meir Me Lim with right? Benji Kramer one hour from now here at JMNAM. In a few minutes, Avrami is going to be taking over, so I could actually make it to the airport. El Al has moved the flight from this afternoon to this morning, so I'm going to make my way to the airport very soon. Avrami will be coming up here at JM in the AM. Uh, more uh, happening on this Monday at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world of web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. We're going to Yerushalayim to build the Beit HaMikdash. We're going to Yerushalayim to build the Beit HaMikdash. We're going to Yerushalayim to build the Beit HaMikdash. We're going to Yerushalayim to build the Beit HaMikdash. We're going to Yerushalayim. Build the better Mikdash by bringing all night long. Let's bring Mashiach. 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 Let's bring my sheep. Let's bring 
Schlepping Nachas with the song Going to Yerushalayim. That's our intention. Right after JM and the M, we're heading to the airport, going to Yerushalayim. We'll broadcast there Tuesday and Wednesday. You heard about the messages that we'll be carrying, uh, messages of comfort, love, and compassion for our brothers and sisters who are going through this difficult time. And, of course, we are going to discover, no doubt, in my opinion, we will discover just how painful a time this has been for our brothers and sisters. Not that we don't feel the pain, but when you're there on the spot, you know how it is. It's very different. Um, so all that, Tuesday and Wednesday, join us tomorrow from our uh, temporary studio at Nefesh Ben Nefesh between 6 and 9 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to join us. or by Fast is scheduled to join me, and no doubt that'll be a very uh, inspirational conversation, I have a feeling. Uh, so join us for that and much, much more, of course, right here at the JM in the AM. Back Thursday... Uh, please God in studio, and of course, um, uh, our Friday broadcast here as well. That's the schedule. That's what uh, we intend to do. We'll see how that plays out during this uh, week of of Achenu Bi Yisrael and Achnimachem. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. Yes, yes, yes. Avrami is going to be taking over now at the JM and the AM. That's right. He'll be stepping into this role. Uh, for the next uh, fifty-five minutes or so, don't forget Rabbi Benji Kramer with the Meir Milim. Coming up at 9 a.m. with the brand new song Moledet. He will explain those lyrics. A special shout out to our friends at AH, Abels and Hyman. What an amazing and incredible social media campaign they are running. Not for hot dogs and knockwurst and salami, 
but for our brothers and sisters in Israel. Kolakavot to Seth Levitt and his company. Keep that in mind when you want to know what to buy uh, for your next delicious barbecue or meat meal. Uh, go to kosherdogs.net. Make sure to use promo code radio and try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. And they are representing us well in every type of forum. Uh, more coming up. It's JM and the AM. Avrami's going to take you until 9. All right, Benji Kramer at uh, 9 a.m. with May Irmi Lim. I speak to you next, please, God, from Jerusalem, starting at 6 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow morning, right here at JM in the AM.
שלכם, אשר הובדנו בו, עברנו בו, לא תודו יסוד. תוי בו אורץ מאויד מיועיד, אורץ מיועיד. אורץ אשר, אשר הובדנו בו, עברנו בו, לא תודו יסוד. תוי בו אורץ מיועיד מיועיד, אורץ מיועיד.
And that was really Lipschitz with a brand new single, This Too Shall Pass. Um, this is our Rummy. As many of you heard, unless you just joined us, uh, that I'm going to be sitting in with you here for just for the last, uh, I guess, 40, 45 minutes of the program as Nahum is on his way to the airport and will be broadcasting from Jerusalem tomorrow and Wednesday. And who knows, I may even have a chance to see him while he is here. It did not happen the last time, and I think the last time I was in the States in the summer, we didn't get a chance to see each other either. Um, so it's been a while. I think the last time I did see Nahum in person might have been... Uh, might have been by his, uh, the, the wedding they made uh, sometime last year. But anyway, hopefully we will be able to work it out. And hopefully, uh, even if I have to go into Yerushalayim to see him, uh, hopefully that can happen. Uh, in that said, also, before we... Um, let's say I'm, keep, I'm continuing the playlist uh, that Nahum started this morning. We had in there, we started off uh, that set, my taking over with uh, Shalshelis. Featuring uh, Maishi Lohenbrown with Shir Hamalos. We had David Gabe with Eretz Yisrael and Yishai Rebo with Sibat HaSibot. Um, 8.20 a.m. Uh, on the east coast of the United States. About 3.20 here in Beit Shemesh. Uh, I will be taking requests over the next um, 40 minutes or so. So if there's something in particular that you would like to hear, uh, post it on the app or email me, af at nachomsegal.com, and I will do my best to get the song that you would like to hear on the program. Uh, before the program is done, following this program, an all-new edition of Mayor Milim with Rabbi Benji Kramer. Uh, and he will be uh, analyzing the new Hanan Ben-Ari song entitled Moledet. And uh, I'm sure many of you out there know who Hanan Ben-Ari is and know that he has uh, wonderful gifts for writing very poignant songs, very uh, fun songs. He's just a very well-rounded musician, songwriter, singer, and uh, once again has come up with a... Uh, Another beautiful song. So if you have not had a chance to hear it yet, you uh, stick around. And uh, following uh, Rabbi Kramer's analysis of the song, we will be playing the song in that segment. So you'll have a chance to hear that and more. Uh, great music here following uh, this program at the network all day long and following uh, Mayor Milim. Uh, there will not be an after further review today. Uh, Yoni and Seth taking the uh, day off and will continue to fill us all in on the latest concerning uh, the world of sports, I guess, uh, next Monday morning. Okay, uh, let's see where we are here. Um, what do I have lined up next? Ah, so also another brand new tune that just came out, a bit of a lively tune, kind of a mix uh, by Mayor Green. It's called Songs of Soldiers Up Mix. So we are going to uh, start the set with this. Don't know if we'll get through the whole thing. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we've got some other new stuff set up. Uh, looking forward to getting some of your requests and uh, happily making our way through the uh, final 35 minutes or so of the program. And we thank you so much for tuning in and making Nahum Siegel Network programming part of your day. This is Avrami, and this is uh, JM in the AM. Thank you, Oh, 
Peace. 
מוכן זה לא סתם שכולם מנסים את הרעב להשגיח לא רעב של הגוף רק לראות את פניו את תורו של מלך המשיח מה צריך עוד פוש קטן להוקר אז נקרא בקור קטור לב אחד מלוקד פה לעד Israel 
שנים מחכים, מצפים, שואלים, מתי כבר בדותנו תצמיח? מאמינים, ממתינים, לא נופלים, מתרגשים, מריחים כבר את ימות המשיח. And that was uh, Eli Marcus with Malachi Elyon capping off that set for us here on this uh, Monday morning edition of JM and the AM. I think it's Monday. Uh, what else did we have in that set? We had um, Ari Fraser with Misha Berach, uh, Mayor Green with Songs of Soldiers Up Mix, those two brand new singles uh, that I just got sometime yesterday, today, whatever it was. Fresh, uh, fresh off the uh, recording, and I see an e- e- um, a <laughs> request came in via email. We'll get to that uh, during uh, during the next set. Here's Rav Hashem over the next twenty minutes or so. Um, coming up after this program, an all new edition of Mayor Milim with Rabbi Benji Kramer. We'll be discussing Hanan um, Ben Ari's new song. That is called Moledit, a brand new single that came out. And uh, we'll be playing the song after that analysis. Um, there will not be an after further review today. Uh, so um, probably the mo- the newest sports news that you can get is if you check out in the archive last week's show. Or just enjoy the uh, music that we'll be having here as part of our Monday Music Marathon, uh, which will be going all day long for great Jewish music. It's a wonderful time to enjoy that music or check out shows or interviews that you may have missed, especially over the past two weeks. There have been a ton of important interviews that Nahum Siegel has conducted with special guests, primarily from the Holy Land. Um, Let's see. We're going to go with this one. I think it's uh, brand new off of uh, Baruch Levine's Lev Chadash CD. It features Eitan Katz. It's called Mashcheni. We're going to do that. We've got Isaac and Rubenstein lined up. we got some Amir Dadon, Rav Shlomo Katz, and more. 
Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get to most of what I've already set up, plus that request that I mentioned. And hopefully having a good time together. With us, this is Avrami briefly sitting in for the one and only Nahum Siegel, who was presenting the first two-thirds of the show and is now en route to the airport to be able to make his way to the Holy Land for special broadcasts tomorrow and Wednesday, and we are all looking forward to that. Uh, so here he is, Baruch Levine, featuring Eitan Katz, and you are tuned into JM in the AM, being brought to you live from Beit Shemesh, Israel, here at the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs>
Of Shlomo Katz with Nigun of the Birds, Amir Dadon's Abba, Miami Boys Choir with Vihish Amda by request, and Baruch Levine with Eitan Katz and Mashcheni. And that's pretty much it for us here on this edition of JM in the AM. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for checking in. If I didn't get to your request, sorry about that. We'll try to get it on the stream soon after uh, Rabbi Kramer's uh, uh, pre- presentation of Mayor Milim, which is coming up in just about a minute. He will be discussing. Chalam uh, Benari's new song Maledet. Following that, great music here at the network all day long. Make sure that you stay tuned. Um, tomorrow morning and Wednesday morning, Nachum Siegel will be broadcasting live from Israel, and those are going to be a couple of really special shows. Probably lots of great inter- special guest interviews and so on. Uh, and Nachum sharing his experiences as he's uh, meeting with people and just um, checking out the scene here on the ground in person. Uh, so you do not want to miss that. Um, this has been Avrami for the Nachum Siegel Network, um, bringing you the uh, third hour of this JM and the AM. I believe the next time that I'm going to be on the network is going to be Tuesday for the uh, Tuesday Live Lunch. Till then, wishing everybody a great rest of the uh, day. Besero Tovot. Uh, wishing everyone who should need a refuah shalema should have it. Wishing that every one of our soldiers and our captives and our brothers and sisters who have been taken are returned quickly and healthily and uh, wishing everyone all the best. You have been tuned into America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. We thank you so much for tuning in and making our programming part of your day. Take care, everybody. As my grandfather would say to one and all, uh, Gutten Tamed.